I just did an episode that the Pelicans defense may not actually be as good as their ranking and well we saw that against the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's look at what happened and is it fixable in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday, day after the Pelicans get... Straight up, run out by the Memphis Grizzlies, 132-111. I normally, in my notes, write the final score. This one was so ugly. I guess I didn't, or at least I have it in there somewhere. But this one was bad. Yeah, no Brandon Ingram, but they probably still lose even if he plays. The defense really struggled. And on Monday's episode of Locked On Pelicans, we talked about this. We talked about this a lot, that there was a big concern there and you saw it really come to fruition in this game so we're going to break it down look if it can be fixed and then we're going to talk about the upcoming slate ahead because now these games take on more importance for the Pels and thank you before we get to all that for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day we're free and available five days a week wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube no paywall or anything like that just Pelicans talk Monday through Friday and this episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. check out prizepicks.com use promo code MBA or go to your app store and download the app today Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy all right so the Pelicans lose 135 111 to the Memphis Grizzlies Monday show, we said this, right? This is what we said could happen. As I was looking at this team in their 4-0 run out of the All-Star break, the everything looked good. They were playing really good defense, right? They're the th- they were the third-ranked defense for those four games since February 1st. They're the third uh, they're the 11th-ranked defense or 8th-ranked defense, that's what it, it was. No, sorry. Since January 1, 11 since February 1, they were third, and then out of the all-star break, they were the first best defense. That's how good they had been and showing improvement, right? Going up on the ladder there. But it kind of came crashing down in this one into a lesser extent against the Denver Nuggets as well. So in Monday's show, I said one of the things I'm noticing with this team is they're giving up a lot of wide-open three-point looks, and the opponents are just straight-up missing them. They're just bricking shots, it wasn't due to defensive pressure or good closeouts, strong contests, hand in faces or anything like that. It was just the team missing. And they were teams were shooting about 31% against New Orleans. Well, when they stop missing, points are going to get piled on. And that's what happened in this game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis came out and just straight up smoked New Orleans early on, particularly in that first quarter. They were awesome. They were 7 of 12 from 3. That's 58.3%. They scored 44 points in that quarter because New Orleans had a couple of things going on there. They had very, they were just slow all night. The defense was just slow all night, which meant those defensive rotations. Once a guy drove an attack, forced a defender to rotate over from, say, one of the corners or somewhere else, 
meaning the guy who drove then kicks the ball out to the perimeter. You run out and can contest that first one so they don't shoot it. So they pass the ball around the horn again, getting it up to the top of the three-point line or to the other side of the court, the weak side. And then you rip an open three. And they made them. And that's what was happening. And all of those rotations were just so slow. Like, this team didn't look like they had the energy to really go out and compete and try and do this. Now, their rotations have not been good, you know, all year long. And I think they were getting by based on luck to a certain degree. And that luck ran out against them, um, against or for them against the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, even on the night, didn't shoot anything particularly well. 36%, uh, 36.4% from three. They were 16 of 44. That's a good number. It's not an elite number. It's not an amazing number or anything. But New Orleans being so slow early on just couldn't do anything, and they got buried in a hole, and at that point, it's just tough to come back. Yeah, they had their own little run early on in the first quarter, but when you've got a team shooting wide-open looks like that and making those looks, you're going to lose. It's just really as simple as that. You know, after the game, head coach Willie Green said, you know, he was disappointed in the team, that they weren't physical enough, that they didn't make the opponent, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies feel them. These looks, it's not about making them feel you or being more physical. It's just simply awareness and knowing where you've got to rotate over and that if the guy to your left is rotating to go take away the ball handler, where do you go? And being able to do that and almost kind of know it ahead of time, being able to rotate over and take care of all that. And that is not something that the Pelicans truly possess. They started Tony Snell, who's been a nice scorer off the bench for New Orleans, but you put him into the starting role, he's older. He doesn't have the athleticism, the speed. He's never been an amazing defender to go out and to be able to contest shots and rotate. It's just a limitation of the roster that's not necessarily the worst thing if you're scoring points, if you've got a guy like Brandon Ingram to really help you out with this. But this one was particularly bad, and they're going to lose this game because of that but more than just the slow rotations they were slow all night the memphis grizzlies got in transition and ran like what new orleans has been doing recently new orleans only had 14 turnovers the memphis grizzlies had 42 42 points in the fast break how do you i don't understand how you let that happen other than just not trying defensively you know, little things like that really add up and they get burned in that. It, that's a wild stat. That is a wild stat. 25 points in the fast break in transition is a lot. 42, when you're not turning the ball over left and right, just means you're not keeping up with the energy level of your opponent. And then little things too, right? Devontae Graham was burned repeatedly with backdoor cuts, not even playing any defense. I know he doesn't have the physical tools of a lot of other players, and he's an undersized guard, but I will say this in his credit. He has tried on defense all season long. This one, though, no. And this is why this team gave up 132 points. You need to make them feel feel you? It's not going to matter when you're just standing around doing nothing and nowhere near the guy. It wasn't that they didn't play physical enough. It's just they missed everything. That's not physical. That's not making them feel you. You're not going to put a body on a three-point shooter like that? This one was just a terrible defensive effort that needs to get fixed. And I do think it can. And when Willie Green says, we need to make them feel us a little bit more, we need to play more physical, there is a certain area that comes into play. And let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode. 
of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. All right, Pelicans fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. It's super easy to use. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not playing against other people who do this for a living. You're going to lose that every single time. You get to see the numbers ahead of time, and you pick over that or under that. You have the advantage. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy, and PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. And you get to use the award-winning app that's available both on the App Store and Google Play. And Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, whether it's point scores, rebounds, steals, if you're a Herb Jones fan. And Price Picks allows mixed sports entries. You want the Pels and something in soccer? You can do that also. They've got everything you could want beyond the NBA. So for a limited time, Price Picks is an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all Locked On Pelicans listeners. You're going to get $50 for free. They're going to give you 50 bucks if a player in your first Price Pick entry scores a single point. Maybe pick CJ McCollum. You've got to use promo code NBA. That's right. It's an exclusive offer available for Locked On Pelicans fans. Sign up today and use the promo code NBA for $50 for free if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Prize picks, it's daily fantasy made easy. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. You need more context than just what the box score is going to give you. The Locked On Now show is going to do that. You get the rundown in like 10 minutes, and it's our local experts hopping on with about a minute take on their team's game. It's a great way. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and it's on the Locked On NBA YouTube feed. So we just went over really why the Pelicans lost this game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Brandon Ingram coming into this one, it, it, that wasn't going to matter. Not when the defense was playing like that. You're just going to lose that game pretty much every single time when you're not getting stops and there's nothing you're doing there to make them feel you a little bit, right? Again, be better on your rotations, things like that. You know, a little bit more court awareness would have been great from this team. Don't be as slow. Try and anticipate things. They could have they could have won this game, right? CJ McCollum was cooking enough that if they actually contested shots and rotated well, they they would have been in this one. But not the way it started, not the way that it went. And there's certain things that that's tough to try and improve upon. Like Devontae Graham's not going to be a good defender. Just kind of one of those things, right? Herb Jones can fix some of this. He kept going over on screens with John Morant, which is wild to me. So when you go over the screen, and we talked about this a little bit, talking about the Pelicans offense yesterday, right? You have the ball handler, the point guard, and a big comes and sets the screen for him. And the defender can do one of two things. They can go under the screen, which means you pop below the big man, so between the big man and the basket. Basically, what that's trying to do is contain a dribble drive by the point guard, Cutting around the big and going down, you have a better angle to kind of cut them off. You can go above the screen. You do this if a guy's a really good three-point shooter. You're worried about giving up a three. You go between the ball handler and the man setting the screen. And you try and take away the three-point shot. If he elevates to shoot it, usually you can just kind of swat it away from behind. John Morant is one of the more electric scorers and dunkers in the NBA. Why are you going over on screens with him? I'd at least make him shoot the three ball before I let him try and get to the basket. And they didn't do that. And that one was a little bit weird. Uh, You know, that's one that can kind of get fixed. But an area that can get fixed is with their big men a little bit. 
you saw Jackson Hayes basically played off the court by Jaron Jackson Jr. in this one. Jackson Hayes, I don't mind him in the starting lineup, though it's very clear he's not going to be there for forever. But he was rough in this game because he struggles to defend in space. When you have Jonas Valanciunas out there at the five, he's the one that's taking the big man down low, the centers. So if you get a springy athletic big that can play on the perimeter and in space like Jaron Jackson Jr. can, it's really tough for Jackson Hayes. He doesn't defend there well. And Jaron Jackson Jr. had 22 points in this one. He was, oh my God, a plus 47. (laughs) Plus 47 on the night. Okay, sure. In 23 minutes. Tells you kind of how the night went, right? Um, (laughs) It's like laughing because that's so absurd. But it shows Jackson Hayes can't defend in space like that. He just doesn't have the ability to do it. And a lot of big men don't. Like this isn't a huge, huge knock on him. So they struggled there. And that was a big part of why they lost. This is an area where, yeah, you need to be a little bit more physical, make them feel you a little bit more. This was too easy for a big man who's not particularly fast to cut through the lane, to cut through the defense and dribble his way to the rim and get scores. This is an area where a guy who's not playing right now is going to help you. And I'm not even talking about Zion Williamson. I'm talking about Larry Nance Jr. who came over with the trade from Portland. Larry Nance Jr. is more of a small ball five meaning he's more mobile. He can play out on the perimeter a little bit more, but he's not a true power forward. But he could play this role that Jackson Hayes is doing where you're kind of a mix of both. And because he's a much better defender than Jackson Hayes, if you have him healthy and you can put him against a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr., I think that you have an opportunity to potentially slow that guy down significantly, giving your defense a bit of a break, and then not letting that guy pass if you're if you're bodying him up well, or at least you know, then you're unable, then you don't need to worry so much about some of the rotations. If he doesn't just kind of knife through the defense and then kick it out, when you've had someone rotate over to help him because you had a good initial contain on him, well, it changes kind of the equation and the calculus for the Pelicans' defense, and that's something that I think he's going to be able to help. I don't know when he's going to play. He had surgery recently right around the trade, so about a month ago or so. Actually, it's exactly a month when I'm recording this from the trade. So hopefully we'll see him soon, but that is an area that should help, along with a little bit better of a scheme. Come on, going over screens against John Morant, that feels like a very bad idea. And he's a good rebounder, and that's something that Jackson Hayes is not always amazing at. And the Pelicans since February 1st, 24th when it comes to defensive rebounding percentage. They gave up way too many second-chance points in this one. 15 offensive boards for the Memphis Grizzlies. They grabbed a number of offensive rebounds off of um, missed free throws. You can't do that. Just flat out, you cannot let that happen. A guy like Larry Nance Jr. is significantly, significantly going to help with that. So I think there can be improvement in this area with scheme and getting a guy back healthy. Another big man, power forward, center. That's shockingly not Zion Williamson. So coming up, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming schedule for the Pelicans. This road trip hurt them a little bit, but it was almost expected to a certain degree. It's these next four coming up that are really kind of maybe the key to the season. Let's take a look and preview this coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. 
Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. I love these things. I eat one of these things every single day. They're always in my backpack, so I have them at work if I need a snack. They are better than a candy bar, and they're going to taste like it. You're going to be shocked the first time you eat one of these with how good they are, and it's unlike any protein bar you've ever had before. They're not chalky. They're not dry. They don't taste metallic-y too or anything like that. You're going to think you're eating a candy bar, except it's healthy for you. And the macros on them are true right? 130 calories, four grams sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. So when I have sugar cravings and I'm trying to eat a little bit healthier, I grab one of these and I take a bite of it or I eat the whole thing. I eat one of these pretty much every single day instead of a big heavy lunch. It sustains me, keeps me going. I look forward to it. When I'm on the road traveling a lot for my full-time job, oh, these things are a lifesaver. And I look forward to eating them again because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they are delicious tasting. And you've got to give their puff bars a try. It's protein infused marshmallow. They're light. They're airy. It's like nothing you've ever had before and they have some of the best flavors there. I love the cinnamon churro puff bar. I also love the mint brownie, the coconut almond, and the best flavor there is, which is the coconut brownie chunk. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at built.com. All right. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. No paywall, just here five days a week, breaking down what you want to know about this team, wins, losses, trades, looking to the future, all of that stuff. We're here. No one else coming to you five days a week like this. And now for your second listen. Ross Jackson over at Locked On Saints breaking down everything black and gold. No Aaron Rodgers coming to New Orleans. And now no Russell Wilson coming to New Orleans. Who's the QB going to be? That's kind of kind of a big deal for the Saints. Ross Jackson's going to be breaking down all the potential candidates and what next season is going to look like for the black and gold. Make sure Locked On Saints is your second listen today. So the Pelicans on this three-game stretch after their 4-0 start post-All-Star break are now 1-2. I don't think this is the end of the world, to be honest. I kind of expected something like this. These were tough games. The Jazz at home were tough. The Denver Nuggets on the road, going to be tough. And the Memphis Grizzlies are just flat out a really good basketball team this year. That's three very good teams that you were playing. One and two, when you got that win at home against the Utah Jazz, is an important thing. Going 0-3 here makes you feel pretty bad. One and two, eh, it's kind of expected. And one of those games against the Denver Nuggets was on the road in overtime, and it took the MVP, Nikola Jokic, being a superhero, essentially, to go out and like will that team to victory. He doesn't do that, or he's a little bit off. New Orleans wins. It shows the growth that they have, and it's a sign of a team that's steadily improving. So this wasn't the end of the world, in my opinion. It's the next upcoming slate of games that you have at home, a four-game homestand from tomorrow through next Tuesday, that I think you've really got to pay attention to this team. You can go 3-1 and one here, but 4-0 is a significant thing. You get the Orlando Magic tomorrow. Then on Friday, you get the Charlotte Hornets, the Houston Rockets on Sunday, and then the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday. Phoenix Suns still don't have Chris Paul. They're a good team without him, but they're beatable, as we saw right out of the All-Star break with the Pelicans beating him by 17. Okay, that's maybe the one that you would pencil in to be a potential loss. But the Orlando Magic tomorrow night, this is where we're going to see if Willie Green can get these dudes up. If Willie Green can motivate his team really well, because this should be like an 80-point win. Uh, 20-point win for New Orleans against the Orlando Magic. They should smash this team. They should come in pissed off and angry with their performance 
against the Memphis Grizzlies and then really try and prove a point and get things back on track. I get you're on the second night of a back-to-back. They're probably on a plane right now as I'm recording this. They're getting in late. They're not getting much sleep. It doesn't matter. You got to take care of business against the team that is inferior to you after you just got embarrassed on TNT national TV by, you know, a division rival. The Hornets? Hornets look like a team that doesn't want to be in the playoffs. They're having some struggles with their coaching. They're having some of their players really not seem motivated. They're not in like the full on Lakers mode of we want the season to end, but they're not, you know, they shouldn't be there, but they're kind of trending in that direction to a certain degree. And then you have the Houston Rockets that don't want to be winning games. They lost 12 straight games because that is not what they want to be doing right now. So this stretch right here really defines the season. You go 4-0. You're going to feel much better about that. You go three and one, you'll still feel okay, and you're going to be in real good, uh, a real good position for the playing tournament at ten. Two and two is an outright disaster, I'd say. They still might get into the playing tournament, but that is not what they should be or want to be doing at all during this stretch. So you've got to go at least three and one on this. This is where we're going to really learn a lot about the team, particularly their mental mindset. That was terribly phrased against the Orlando Magic in the Smoothie King Center tonight, Wednesday night as they try and get back on track after this game. So there you go. And look, better rotations on defense. Please, please, you've got to do that. Otherwise, you're going to keep losing games. We said this was going to be a big concern for the team, and you saw it come into effect with just wide-open shots. They were gifting the Memphis Grizzlies. Bad teams will beat you if that's the case. You can't do that that against the Orlando Magic. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening tomorrow we're going to be recapping the game and thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen every day now for your second listen locked on nba locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the nba every monday through friday in less than 30 minutes i'm on there today i co-hosted every wednesday with john krauss of locked on celtics it's gonna be a fun show we're gonna go record that in just a second it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and i'll be back with you all tomorrow